I am like extremely excited and positive right now. I think we all have this pent up energy that's going to be released after being locked up. Murphy McCullough is the regional manager for commercial development in Skanska Seattle office, where he has worked for the past decade. He's delivered Skanska's first development projects in the region, including the urban-inspired apartments at Alley 111 in Bellevue, the Brooks Sports Headquarters and Flagship Store at Stone 34 in Fremont, and Tommy Bahamas Headquarters at 400 Fairview in South Lake Union. But it was the company's largest global investment ever that gave... McCullough an opportunity to make an impact on Seattle and the greater Puget Sound region, the 38-story, two-plus-U tower in Seattle's central business district. McCullough sits down with us today to talk about these initiatives and how Skanska's global vision aligns with his efforts in the region, as well as to give us a preview of a couple of upcoming developments that he is embarking on shortly. Welcome to the pod, Murphy. Good morning, Murphy. How are you? Great. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Where do we find you today? Where are you Where are you working from? Right now, I'm working from uh, West Seattle, just above Alki uh, okay. here. And I am going to and you uh, right after this okay. um, to meet my team. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you guys uh, fully opened or as much as the state allows uh, to be open uh, here in uh, Seattle? We have not. We do have, you know, some of our team members meet. Tuesday, Wednesday, obviously very spread out. We have a big space at two and you that's extremely safe. Sure. That we do spend some time there. Uh, but other than that, we've been mainly at at uh, home with no travel. Okay. Save, save the company some money, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, be yeah. safe. You know, we, we have a huge safety culture given that we're a construction of company course, as well yeah. as a development company. So it's just extremely important to us. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Good. Well, Murphy, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of by way of introduction, and Skanska, you know, here in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, and kind of how your, you know, winding road of uh, your career led you there. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm a native of Seattle. I grew up in beautiful Federal Way <laughs> and uh, went to the University of Washington. I actually started in construction management and then slowly moved my way over to real estate development. I, I, my first pr- project was actually Harbor Steps, the actual steps themselves and, okay. a, and, an, apart, and an apartment tower. And it, I really saw how one project could change the city. And it, and it really did. It really changed First Avenue. Um, and obviously, there were more fa- fa- phases onto that. But yeah. to see the vision, it really made me change careers. So I, it took me a while, but I slowly moved over to real estate development um, and I've been doing it ever since um, and just absolutely love it. So yeah, and and you know, now I work for Skanska as you know and you know we're an international development and, and, and construction company headquartered in Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah. So and in the US, you know, we have our commercial development group. There's five separate offices. We we can talk about that some more, but then we have a civil construction group that does like bridges and you know, highways and stuff. And then our building group that builds our projects like office buildings and other buildings. Yeah. You know, what's unusual about us is we, we're, we're not only, you know, the uh, developer, we're also the construction company, as I mentioned, but we're also the bank. We, we typically do not use any outside equity or debt. So it's a very, you know, it's a very powerful platform to go do projects with. 
So it's fun. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And I got introduced to Skanska years ago. My first job out of college, I was uh, in insurance brokerage. And I believe Skanska has an insurance arm as well, if I'm not mistaken. We self-insure quite a bit. Yeah. 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 So, so, so it's, it's a big kind of concern that includes all kinds of different things. And that's uh, quite unusual, I think, here in the US, but not so much in Europe and other, other parts of the world. So with that approach towards kind of... Uh, you know, development. And as you stated, you know, you're also your own financier for these projects, right? Where, where has the company focused geographically around around the U.S. And, and what sort of drove it there? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, did our first project in 2008 in D.C., but it really was, we, you know, we did a market study. We've been doing development in Nordics, Central Europe, and the U.K. for quite some like time, um, 30-something years. And you know, there was a talk for quite some time to start development in the U.S. So, you know, we did we studied multiple markets and we ended up uh, first opening in D.C. and Boston. And then shortly after that, Houston and then Seattle, which I helped to open up the office in 2011. And then in the past couple of years, we opened up Los Angeles. So, you know, it's all it's all based upon market di- 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 dynamics, the office market. We do do multifamily development as well. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we opened up Seattle at the right time. It would be pretty difficult now. Yeah, for, for, <laughs> yeah. For, for sure. I think 2011 <laughs> was probably the perfect time to open in Seattle or in or or the you know the Bay Area or you know anywhere with technology all of a sudden took off, right? We've been having fun for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell us about you know your your last decade because I'm sure it was it was a very interesting one, not just from you know growing Skanska, but overall being in this market. I mean, it was uh, just you know remarkable growth for the region. Oh, it was just incredible. You know, I mean, we're, we're, our like office is close to REI and South Lake Union, you know, in Alley 24. And we opened up the office and we're officing there. And it was like the quietest place ever. Um, Amazon's headquarters was being built. And within like a year, it was just insane. It was just amazing to see the, see the change just on the street. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, our first project was Stone 34 and Free. Free, Fremont. We did a living building pilot program uh, building there with Brooks uh, Sports. Okay. Um, and they leased the whole building um, and created a really great ground floor experience uh, for the for the community, the city, and for Brooks. And so it was just an absolute home run. So that's where we really started. Shortly after that, you know, we took everything we learned there to 400 Fairview in South Lake Union, really close to our office. And created a much bigger office building. It was more like 350,000 square feet. And again, and again, you know, we were the developer, the bank, you know, and the contractor. So we're, you know, and, and, you know, frankly, we're given a lot of autonomy in our markets to figure out how best to serve our markets. So like we don't have, of course, we have a board that approves things and stuff, you know, but there's just an, an amazing amount of uh, faith put on the like local team, and we have such a great creative local local team here. We get excited about thinking outside of the box because we can. You know, we're not sitting there spending half of our time figuring out how to raise money. Yeah, you know, we're like really figuring out how can we serve our customers and our tenants, you know, in the community and do something different. And so there, we created a ground floor market hall that uh, is like indoor outdoor with these giant panel doors that open up. You know, again, focus on all local retail that 
really helps our tenants, you know, attract and retain the best talent. They're all fighting for the best talent still, even in COVID, it's just extremely competitive. Sure. Sure. And so how, you know, our goal is how can we help, how can we help them? So we figure out what they want and, and like our thing has really been to try to, you know, create an experience specifically on the ground floor, um, that really helps, you know, really gets everyone behind us to want it. You know, the city, the community, our tenants. Um, we also at 400 Fair, Fairview did a um, rooftop restaurant as well, um, which is which has been awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, and you know, and then of course, you know, around that same like time, actually, as 400 Fair, Fairview, we developed a multi-family building in Bell, Bellevue Alley 111, 280 units did exceptionally well. And, um, and then, you know, as the market improves, right. I mean, you think about Skanska, you know, we're a big construction company, you know, the market's getting hotter. There's more people jumping in, you know, as it's growing, you know, and, and it just kind of naturally led to bigger, bigger projects. And so our next project two and you, um, you know, 700,000 square feet, urban core transit focused, you know, right near the arts and cultural center of the city art museum and the Simping hall next to the new waterfront park Pike place market is right there. You know, pioneer square is right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, easy access to I five. And then you got the light rail. I mean, it was just like the most magic site we could find. We, we love to say it was the last best site in the city. And <laughs> right. Still right. believe it. You know, <laughs> this was your largest project that you've done to date uh, in this region. Yes. And, I would say the world. Um, oh, interesting. This, okay. This is now from a from a dollar perspective, it was Skanska's largest investment in one place ever. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that that shows uh, what importance this region carries for the company globally, too. Yeah. One of the things that I you know recall when um, you guys were kicking off this you know project, one of the things that you know was kind of discussed throughout the industry was. You know, the center of gravity was sort of shifting away from the central business district in Seattle towards towards South Lake Union. And, you know, people, some folks were kind of wondering whether the attention towards the central business district will, will still be there. And I think you guys proved that it, that, it, that it would because it was leased up fairly quickly. Tell us about that kind of process and sort of while you were building it, kind of where, where you felt, you know, some of the sort of challenges were in terms of, you know, getting the news out there and kind of how, and maybe there weren't any challenges, I don't know, but, but how quickly did, did you feel very comfortable about what, what you guys were doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say we did take a significant amount of risk. There was uh, the Mark Madison Center uh, were finishing with lots of space um, available. And, you know, we had Rainier Square behind us. So we were going to deliver in a time that we felt comfortable with because there was lots of lease up time with those first yeah. two like towers. But, you know, it was still a big risk. No question. Like, especially 100% cash, 100% spec. But, you know, we believed in it so much that it like absolutely made sense for us. The other thing that this building is just a very different building. The It's at a zoning split. So when you just think about marketing a building you know we had floors that were conducive to like tech down below there were 30 30 30, square foot floor plates which are big uh, plates for the urban core so that's more of the i would call it more of a high-rise podium and then the tower itself had like eighteen thousand square foot floor plates so you know we 
you know, we definitely had a business plan to market to everyone, to down to downtown tenants, to tech. We we actually did something out of the box that I think we learned more than uh, benefited from tenant wise. But we went down to the Bay Area and presented to and you to all the brokerage firms down there. Interesting. Okay. And you know, San Francisco's typically been ahead of us often. I know there's now it's different, but they've often been ahead of us on what happens down there is what happens up in Seattle. And tech was just flocking into the urban core there. Way smaller floor plates and, you know, um, vacancies were just exceptionally low. If you're a big tenant, you had a problem. Like there was no place to go. That's right. Yeah. And so we came we came back here and really started understanding where this market was going most like you know we we didn't know for sure of course but we were pretty confident same thing was going to happen and that and that's exactly what happened um you know tech took the whole building pretty pretty much so and of course we did something completely different like i mean we lifted the building 85 feet above first avenue and created a retail and arts and cultural village outdoor yeah. down below, you know? That was my next question. Yeah, that, that's a very kind of unique thing that you guys did on the on the, on the the sort of first couple of floors. Tell us about sort of that, how that evolved, and how did you guys think, of, think to do that? And, you know, instead of most people will kind of just do sort of ground floor stuff, and they'll – but you guys really yeah. went out of your way to also create this sort of very visual experience with the, with the pillars, right, kind of holding the structure, if you will, right? Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting story because we, um, you know, we were looking to do something different, creative, you know, worthy of the site, you know, and it felt like something big should happen. Um, we did a design competition um, that Picard Shelton out of New Haven, Connecticut uh, won, which is ex-Caesar Pelle folks. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. They spent a lot of time with us on our like previous developments, walking through, you know, seeing, you know, what we were all about. Um, we just we just hit it off with them right off the bat. Uh, I kid you not, we were we were up actually at MKA's office. They were kind enough to to use their space. They were the structural engineer too on right, the project. Right. To um, so we 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 were up in their tower looking over the space, and we had two presentations from two architects. And Picard Shelton, um, you know, had this model with a sheet over it, like it just kind of a, almost out of like a, a movie or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's un, what's unusual about this site is it's dock one zone, zoning, which means it has unlimited height. Technically, I mean, the FAA is going to stop you at some point, sure. but <laughs> sure. So you know, you could you could kind of lift the building up and not take floors off you typically have a height like limit so you lift the building up 85 feet you're you're slicing floors right off the top as you do it you know it doesn't work but we had the opportunity here of you know potentially doing that so anyway they took this sheet off they showed us you know almost the design evolved a lot but the massing didn't it, it really is pretty much the same building on these uh beautiful sculptural y col- columns and the magic of it is as you lift the building up it gets more of the office space above Harbor Steps, which increases views, which That's increases right. rents. And those additional rents pays for the lift. Right, right, right. And, and you know, there's savvy enough architect to put all that together. And so, yeah, it was just an incredible experience. Yeah. And, you know, it was uh, myself uh, and my colleague, <laughs> we looked at that and we were like, you know, give me that. Like we like want that like immediately. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It was just a no brainer. And then of course we, 
you know, our construction company got involved and MKA was super involved and, um, everyone else, you know, we had a huge team of folks, um, helping us figure out, you know, how to, uh, make this building a reality. And, and, you know, some of the things that, I mean, we needed to create something special, of course, to attract tenants, you know, uh, we also have had an alley vacation, which is extremely difficult to get and and increasingly difficult (laughs) to get. And so, you know, this was also, um, you know, it, it was a political strategy from some point as well. I mean, obviously we, we don't really play games with like anyone and it was absolutely real. We were trying to create something that would capture the, uh, the, um, the imagination of the right. tenants, right. you know, the community and the city, no question, you know, yeah. and we think we did it. So it's great. I think, you know, visually it's, you know, stunning. It's also open air, right? Which I think yes. uh, in this day and age, I mean, you obviously nobody knew that the pandemic would be coming when you guys were designing this, but it seems like you designed it for this new time, right? Essentially, right? How has the retail performed in that area? I mean, obviously, I know the central business district has been, you know, kind of vacant and you know really hurting. Yeah. But but have you have the have the tenants in there done relatively okay, or how how has that you know performed? Well, uh, we were kind of lucky. Uh, um, Ethan Stoll's Tabalada and Ladro were just about ready to open. They had not opened yet. Okay. Um, their buildouts were done, and they were ready to open, and the pandemic hit. So, you know, they had not invested you know, a bunch of, you know, they were starting to staff up for sure. Yeah. But, you know, we needed to obviously figure out a way to work with them. I mean, our whole thing is, you know, the ground floors and amenity. So we really, you know, spend a lot of time finding how to make the economics work for the right retail tenants. And it, it like helps us with like occupancy and rents above, you know? And so, um, yeah, we basically worked with, with both of them to, you know, change their lease. So only until, you know, we get to phase like four and, and things start to open up do they open, you know? And so we're just being careful and supportive and, you know, making sure they can su- succeed. And yeah, of course. Um, that's, that's really the key. Uh, we did sign a lease uh, with the shop, um, which is a, a spinoff of Steelcase down on first, first, first Avenue during COVID um, some of the tenants we were talking to that went away uh, right when COVID hit are coming back now because okay. um, it's going to take 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 some time to build out their space. So we're negotiating um, a few other deals. So yeah, I mean it's you know I think everyone's really waiting for the downtown occupancy with office space to come back too, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need customers uh, for our retail tenants, but we're doing everything we can to support them. We believe in them; they're friends and. Uh, you know, we can't we can't wait for the vision to really be completed at two and two and you, and it's just going to take some uh, time. Yeah, yeah. And since then, obviously, you've uh, recapitalized the asset. Is this something that Skanska normally does throughout the world? When you were initially developing the project, was it with this in mind? You know, tell us kind of where where the company sort of sits uh, on on those kinds of decisions. Yeah. So our first recapitalization we did was actually four hundred fair. Fairview here in Seattle. Okay, yeah. um, and it really is, you know, I mean, Skanska is a, you know, we typically, of course, fund everything 100% cash. Like I said, start like spec, try to start during a good market. Get a, get, I mean, normally our market strategy is to 
during a market down like turn, get things entitled, get them ready to go, get like a great construction buy, start building into an improving market, lease it up into increasing rents, you know, sell it before the market tips back over. Well, the right. last cycle was, I don't know, three, four cycles in one. It just kept going. <laughs> yes. <right>? yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, we uh, were definitely looking to hold buildings for longer and kind of spread out the uh, EBIT and profits on the back end. Yep. Um, yep. And, and to finish the job that we've prom- prom- promised the community and our tenants in the city, you know. And so it's a real it's a real opportunity for us to kind of do both. And so, you know, as two and two and you came along, you know, in retail, the visions we're creating on these, these ground floors take time. You just can't finish your building. You're not, the, the retail tenants don't really come until they can walk in and see it in the building yeah. stock. And they're, and they're super interested in the tenancy above. And, you know, and so it's, it is something that, you know, it's important to us. So we we have begun recapping a lot more buildings. We did uh, one in Houston uh, a year and a half ago. Um, that was a big uh, uh, recap, Capital yep. Tower. Yeah, yeah. And two and two and two and you is the same. Um, it, it ended up a little different. You know, you're beholden to the market, and so yes, um, exactly, we were hoping yeah. to hold. We were hoping to hold twenty percent, <clears throat> and that's what was our goal. But the market um, was much more to buying 95%. <laughs> so we held a 5% interest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Which is kind of interesting because I think, you know, there was a lot of anxiety, obviously, last year, you know, what this pandemic is going to do, not just to central business districts, but commercial real estate in general, right? And yeah. you found an Asian partner, uh, obviously, the you know virus kind of started there. So we were all wondering what was going to happen, right? But at the same time, this is, you know, very long money, right? I mean, it's a different kind of perspective than perhaps some other investors in in this country have or in on you know this continent right you know did you have a lot of offers how did that process go about we did have a lot of offers yes um lots of domestic offers lots of korean offers yeah interesting mainly korean um and you know we did select a korean uh partner and you know it, it was interesting cuz we initially <laughs> You know, we were interviewing um, different partners and, you know, you would get on the phone with various potential partners in Korea. And they, you know, at first they weren't wearing masks or anything because it just they got control over the pandemic so fast that right they were being all the restaurants were still open. I mean, they were in conference rooms right next to each other. We were pretty blown, blown away. But it's part of the story. I mean, they, you know, for them, they. This is something that they've taken seriously in the past. Yep. Previous yep. pandemics, you know, they had seen, you know, their own, uh, the way they've dealt with it. They could see kind of through it better than we could, right? you know? Right. And so they're sitting there seeing this as an opportunity. They've had a tough like time, you know, breaking into some of these markets and, you know, now's our time, you know? <laughs> and of course, yeah, investors are looking to where, um, same on Wall Street, you know, where the market's going, not necessarily where it is now. That's right. And, you know, you saw plenty of transactions last year with people trying to get some sort of a deal or like even get into a market that they couldn't before. That's right. Yeah. And then, like I said earlier, where I kind of kind of went on my riff about two and two, two, two and you, but it really is a special location and a special building with great credit tenants. Um, and you start to add it all up and it's just irreplaceable. And so it really made sense 
for HANA and KTCU to come in and buy 95% right. of it. Right, right. Murphy, you've uh, wrapped that one up nicely. Uh, now what? <laughs> where, where are your sites next in, uh, in this region? Uh, we are pre- preparing a site for construction in Bellevue called The Eight. It's about okay. a 550,000 square foot office building. We bought it a number of years ago. It's now fully entitled. In fact, uh, you'll probably see some demo and stuff out there soon. Um, the site is fenced. And so we are, we're, we're excited about that one. Actually, we, we did a design competition there as well and ended up hire, hiring Picard Chelton again. Okay. Um, very unique, very unique building on Northeast 8th, which is the main, main like road coming in off of 40405 at the top of the hill. The cross street is 108th, which is the main office corridor as as well. So it's kind of main and main for our office right by light rail. And, you know, a lot of the moves we've created there really are playing into um, what people want post-COVID here. I mean, it's a very health and wellness-focused building. Uh, We have exterior decks um, stutter stepping up the whole tower. So, you know, very indoor, outdoor, not only on the ground floor. We have a great living room experience um, that opens all the way up to the outside but 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 also you know the health and wellness on the floors sure. we've just thought about a lot um, floor to ceiling glass you know um, south facing and the site's a big site it's like 77,000 square feet you know and our floor plates are, are um, 23,000 square feet and so um, you know we didn't create a big podium so we have lots of open space on the ground floor um, again, a huge ground floor focus in terms of retail, yeah. and experiential retail, and trying to create something different for Bellevue. That's right. Yep. So yeah, so we're we're uh, really really excited about that. You know, um, activities starting to pick up as uh, you've been reading. You know, in Bellevue, yep. Um, yep. and so you know, we feel very fortunate to get that site at the right time. And you know, everything that's broken ground before us is 100 percent pre-leased, and you know, there's in the urban core, um, there's there's really nothing else in our timeline either. Yeah, that's another thing. I think a lot of I think a lot of the development also depends on sort of when you when you come to market, right? You have to sort of time yes. it right, exactly, right? So that's that's kind of it as well. And then what about in um, in uh, you know Seattle? You also mentioned you're doing some multifamily stuff. Are you continuing to you know pursue that as a as a as a market as well? Yes, yes, we have a, a project called called the K in Belltown. Uh, excellent site, beautiful building. Um, we were getting ready to to start, and then COVID hit. Um, you know, and rents have gone down twenty yeah. percent, but they're starting to go back go back up. Folks are looking to start moving down like town. You know, costs. You know, when you talk to anyone in this like town, you would think costs would have gone down some. They've only gone up. So, you know, <laughs> right. you've had a you've had a little bit of a situation here where. You know, rents and rents have gone down, vacancies gone up, costs have gone up. So, you know, we're we're expecting at some point to start that building, but we just, you know, until the market di- di- dynamics change back to a project that makes sense financially, we just have to kind of sure. wait it out. But yeah, we yeah. we love the site long term; it's great. Uh, we're going to go do it. It's just when. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. This is usually a time, you know, sort of downturns like these, like these are usually times when, you know, developers kind of go along and start buying land and kind of getting themselves ready for the next cycle. You know, obviously, it sounds like you have your hands full with these two projects, but are, are you guys also looking at things like that, you know, where you can sort of plant your flag, you know, in the next few years? 
Yes, definitely. We've been looking for land. You know, we honestly, we were a little more hopeful that, you know, this downturn would create more opportunities to buy land. Um, you know, we're, we're focused on the urban core and potentially a little bit out of the urban core close to light rail and other transportation networks. Like we would go do, you know, another stone 34 yeah. and free Fremont or something, you, you know, close to light rail. Um, you know, we were definitely trying to find land. It's just a big challenge. You know, there's much more competitors moving into the market and debt is really cheap. And that's, you know, we don't, we don't engage in debt. So what normally happens is what pencils for us is bigger projects, but we would love nothing more than to go do some more stone 34s or some 400 fair, fair uh, view. So if, if any brokers are listening in Seattle and Bellevue and have some land for us, please call. Well, um, but, you know, Murphy, you said you grew up in Federal Way. I mean, there's plenty of land down there. You guys can <laughs> start, yes. you know, create a new center of gravity uh, for the region in, you know, Federal Way. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we love to be pioneering and thinking outside of the box, but that's typically more in our buildings themselves, right, right. Not, not, not with site selection. Yeah. You know, we're, we're so focused on, on trying to buy those best sites. You know, and we'll and we'll pay for them. Yeah, you know? of course. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, last year was very disruptive. You know, usually during times of challenges, there are also opportunities to be made, and uh, you know whether that means you know kind of resetting how things are done. Uh, you know, maybe new products, new services. Right? Um, how has Skanska thought about? the future kind of given everything that's going on and, and not just locally here in the Pacific Northwest, but just overall throughout the country, you know, throughout, throughout, throughout the world, how is the company kind of readying itself for, for a new normal, if you will? Yeah. So I, it's a great question, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of the things it's, it's almost like um, the crisis accelerated trends that were already going, yeah. you know, it's, it's just almost creating the future faster. I mean, flexibility was already like for for tech. We got a study the other the other day that showed you know all of the flexibility that tenants, specifically tech, was giving giving out pre pandemic and post. And yes, they're different. Of course, there's more flex flexibility, and folks have been able to figure things out. But they're already going there. I mean, they had to go there because they were trying to attract and retain the best. You know, and so you know for sure, you know, we're going to see a trend. Of you know, is it a day or two a week uh, that people are in the office? Some companies, of course, are are going to be set up to do you know more re- 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 remote work. But those sure. those companies that are trying to be creative and and create a culture, you know, we're pretty confident from talking to you know all the brokers and tenants we're talking with that you know folks companies want their employees to go back to the office. And at the same time, they're gonna they're gonna allow for more flexibility. And no, it will it just it's just never it's just never gonna be the same. I mean, saying some really basic things, this isn't. But I, we really believe that companies are are in fact gonna be looking at better real estate because that's how they're gonna attract folks back to the office is by having the best real estate they possibly can. I mean, we're doing all the things, you know, and in fact. For like the eight um, and like other buildings across the country, we were already looking at, you know, 100% outside air. We were already doing all that stuff. You know, yeah, we're doing some more touchless, you know, where you don't have to touch anything to get to your floor. And even in the bathrooms, you know, 
we're doing things like bi, bi, bipolar ionization that can grab, you know, dust and, and things where um, you could potentially get uh, COVID on, you know, on it and actually send it to the ground. So you have cleaner air, you know, yeah, and, it, and yeah. it's actually not that hard to really do. And, you know, all of our, all of our buildings across the U S I mean, we spent an incredible amount of time space planning each building. We, you know, we hire an out many outside firms, to look at, you know, you know, extremely dense to way less dense to COVID, COVID plans to make sure our floor plates are extremely flexible over the long, long term. These buildings, you know, are going to last anywhere from 50, 75 years, probably. And things are going to, they, you know, office buildings are flexible by nature. Yeah. And, and again, unlike the eight, you know, we luckily we're doing a lot. We're doing a lot of indoor, outdoor, you know, lead platinum goal. Um, looking at, you know, we're, we're going to do fit, fit well and probably well, um, as well. And, you know, this focus on, on like health and wellness is, was already here. And this is the, you know, I would love to say, oh, you know, we are doing all these brand new things and, and a lot of the things we are doing are new, but we were, they're just incremental new. We were already going down that path. Yeah. And, and you mentioned one of your first projects here was that living building challenge project in, Fremont, correct? Which, uh, yes. you know, that, that is a super rigorous, right? Very rigorous. Standard, yes. right? And I think if, if you already, if you already have that under your belt, I mean, you have some experience that a lot of other builders and developers don't. So, yeah. And this and, region understands it. I would argue probably, you know, when you think about sort of the Pacific Northwest and maybe the West coast in general, I mean, I, you know, it seems to be kind of a heightened yeah. awareness around that, uh, overall as well. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're focused on, you know, we're trying to be carbon neutral by 2045. Uh, we're trying to get to net zero buildings, um, if possible. We're still working on it by 2030. Yeah. And to to do that, you need to start right now, incrementally figuring out how to get there. That's right. You can't get there. Right. And, you know? Yeah, it's not <laughs> a switch. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, That's right. exactly. So we're, you know, we're going to be, especially on our newer developments uh, going forward here, we're going to really be looking to try to push the envelope. Perfect. perfect. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Murphy, to close us off here, um, when you look at what's happened last year, when you look at sort of uh, how the world has evolved and where we're all heading, you know, what gives you hope? I mean, I got to be careful just because I'm a pretty positive person, you know, <laughs> You're the I kind of see right? the world tight. <laughs> yeah. And I am like extremely excited and positive right now. I think we all have this pent up energy that's going to be released after being locked up, you know, for more than a year yeah. at like home, you know, I just, I mean, I feel a renewed, you know, entrepreneurial spirit from everyone that I'm dealing, dealing with. Of, of course, it's going to take like time, you know, of course it's going to be, and, and how much time we don't know. There's, there's lots of signs that tenants, you know, uh, are getting really, you know, Decided to get back to work, it's going to take some time. And just because it takes some time doesn't mean it's not coming. I mean, I I really believe um, companies want to be back into the office. Yeah. And it's just part of their culture, you know. And I know there's some companies that office because they're a different business, but most tech, you know, it's a creative business. They need a culture, you know, they need they need an experience that attracts and retains the yeah. best. And yeah. I mean, I can't imagine sitting at home while your boss and your colleagues are at work, you know, if you're ambitious, you're, you're, you're not going to be sitting at home. You're going to, you know, and that, I think that is going to take some like time, 
but I, I do think you're going to see more and more uh, folks over the next year, you know, get back to the office and they're going to have some more flexibility to work from home or maybe somewhere else when they want to some here. Um, and I think you're going to see office space spreading out a little, little bit. It's not going to be as dense as it was. You're going to see folks traveling as less, which also means that, you know, the shrinking of office space isn't going to happen as much as some people are saying for, for sure. And job growth in this region um, was the highest in the country for tech in the past year. So it's just, you know, it's just everything is pointing, uh, I believe, to, you know, a pretty exciting uh, next couple of years. So I'm excited. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Murphy, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure learning more about Skanska and what's going on here in the Pacific Northwest. Stay well. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Perspectives podcast. Stories like these help us shape our understanding of the industry. And we appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. Please follow us on any app where you get your podcasts and tell your colleagues about us. Thank you in helping us spread the word about our work and the industry that is changing the face of business.